Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. In this podcast, we'll be having discussions around the secrets which attract lasting, healthy, fulfilling relationships, creating a healthy mindset, and what women should know and understand about men. Introducing your host, Lynn Smith, the Queen of Hearts, relationship expert, trainer, speaker, and best-selling author of The Cupid's Bow Technique. Lynn's mission is to have a positive impact in reducing divorce, domestic violence, and suicide. Welcome to the Hearts Entwined podcast. This is your host, Lynn Smith. And today, listeners, I've got a fabulous guest. Her name is Veronica Bazzari. Welcome, Veronica. Hi, Lynn. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming. Uh, Veronica is the founder of the School of Human Connecting. So just, or or should I say human connection, (laughs) correct myself. Uh, So just for the benefit of our audience and listeners, just tell us a little bit about that, Veronica, before we get stuck into the main course subject. Yes, so the School of Human Connection um, focuses on providing people with programs where they can learn the skills on how to build a great relationship with themselves, how to learn the skills and communication with others, as well as connecting to the higher power. We see it if those three pillars are being taken care of, relationship with selves, with others, and with the higher power in our lives, um, it's gonna bring the, 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 the harmony and happiness to people's lives. So the curriculum of the school are designed to take people uh, on the journey. Brilliant, because this isn't a subject that we get taught in school, is it? Is uh, anything to do with relationship skills? Quite often, you know, our role models are parents who may not have been the best at conducting their own relationships and teachers certainly don't touch on it either, do they? Yeah, well, exactly. And I have been um, quite frustrated about the fact that we are not taught those skills at school. And the only model that we have is, as you said, our families. And if the family... um, it doesn't even have to be a dysfunctional family, but if the family hasn't been um, also, you know, passed on those skills from their parents, we just continue to carry on potentially unhealthy relational patterns from generation to generation. And um, I think um, for it, it's it's very very important to to learn those skills, and especially for parents who have children. Um, to really, really make sure that they have the relationships. Um, school was born out of that frustration that the education is not available and we're going to be bridging that gap. Absolutely, 100% support that and do feel that there is a great big gap in terms of what skills need to be plugged into schools um, you know, including the big one of the biggest ones I feel is around relationships. So well done for you taking the initiative around that, Veronica. I really um, admire you for, for getting stuck in and, and trying to do your best to, to plug that hole. So the subject that we was going to discuss or what we are going to discuss today is around busting some myths about how we build healthy relationships or not, as the case may be. So can you start us off around your first one, your first myth that you'd like to um, share around your own research to do with this? 
Yeah, so we have uh, a lot of assumptions that we make when we enter relationships. And one of them, which is the myth number one, is that we assume that love is enough for a relationship to succeed. And the stronger the feelings that we have for, for, for a potential partner or for existing partner, the less likely we are to suspect that there might be some problems arising within a relationship or that there could be potentially circumstances uh, that might lead to the end of the relationship or the end of the partnership because um, we make assumptions that, okay, we, we love each other so much, there's very little chance that we can break up. Unfortunately, not the case. Otherwise, we wouldn't have any divorces. We wouldn't have any breakups um, because majority of the couples enter relationships which is based on a very strong feeling or very strong connection. And that feeling doesn't take the couple through difficult times. Yes, um, <laughs> I can certainly empathize with that you know from my own sharing with my own audiences and uh, clients that I've worked with that a lot of people do have that misperception that you know um, just because there's reciprocal love and you know that your partner loves you and you love your partner a lot that it's all going to be sweetness and light and uh, a fairy tale romance right throughout the lifetime of the relationship but the reality is something completely different isn't it usually <laughs> Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Every great relationship, even if, and we, we are not talking any um, really serious toxic relationships here, but any great relationship is going to go through challenges and it's normal. And the way we handle conflicts, the way we negotiate things, the way we um, overcome um, something that some difficult uh, circumstances that we might encounter in life which is absolutely inevitable every couple is going to go through that is nothing to do with the feelings that we have for each other it's to do with our with to do with our skills to do with our previous experiences the patterns that we carry uh, carry out from the templates that we've learned on how to build those relationships they're not they're nothing to do with the love that we feel for our partners so that's my myth number one your the success of your relationship or longevity of your relationship is nothing to do with the feelings you have for each other absolutely and quite often i think if we're repeating the same pattern with different partners um usually it's to do with our own past experiences from childhood or uh, to do with our own past experiences from previous relationships that we haven't resolved isn't it it's 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 all to do with um not actually looking at ourselves in those situations and thinking well you know this happened in my last relationship and not identifying that you're the properly the common denominator as to that pattern keep repeating itself always yeah and, and it's um it's one of the most important starting points is of course raising self-awareness and the higher that self-awareness is and the higher the more we know about ourselves 
the more time we dedicate to for self-discovery and to finding out what what makes us happy what makes us unhappy where our boundaries are what um, how we behave in challenging situations what do we how, do we sabotage do we avoid conflict do we wipe a lot of problems under the carpet and not address them all those patterns start with being yeah self-aware and, and and recognizing anything any baggage that we carry from the you know from childhood or past relationships and and and, and a lot of other um other behavior patterns and relational patterns as well yeah um i think it's quite important to to realize you know the parts that we play in any relationship dynamic and not, you know, be tempted to point the finger at our partner all the time as, as uh, being the person that needs to shoulder all the blame for any challenges that arise. Yeah, and there's a balance to be, you know, to, to be found. I sometimes deal with people who always blame the partner, there's, there's something wrong with them and there's nothing wrong with me. And I also have another extreme where, a person comes to you know for 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 coaching and they ask what is wrong with me a couple shoulders the, the responsibility is joined that does not there's never you know one partner to blame and another party is innocent the the two people contribute to a problem you know not always in an equal way but in a they both have something to to be responsible for whether it's a you know a good situation or a bad situation so um, I think we need to be looking at, yes, what is wrong with the partner and what is that partner doing that makes us I, I don't, irritated or makes us angry or, or frustrated. But equally, how do I react to that? How do I contribute to their behavior? What was my motivation when I was selecting partner with those particular um, features, with those particular character traits and so on. So it's, as I said, it's always um, two-way street. So your first myth then is around, um, you know, don't enter a relationship thinking that even if their love is very strong and very much reciprocated, um, that that's going to carry you through. There are other factors that we need to take into consideration and understand what, what, what in terms of baggage we might be carrying into that relationship that, that might present itself and, you know, have we dealt with that? And if we haven't, then how do we go about dealing with that? Yeah, and as well as understanding that you can't just leave your relationship develop on its own or leave it unattended so to speak you have to treat it as an entity that you are building and you have to attend to that entity it's um you know if you would be a, a business person and you would set up a company you wouldn't just set up a company and let it run by itself and hope to make a lot of money you would on a daily basis, work on your business, on growing it, on making sure that it's healthy, making sure that there's no threats to your business. There's a lot of um, work that goes into make sure that that entity that someone set up is profitable, brings the fruit, brings it's 
it's in the same way um, you, you know, if somebody does the career or runs their own business, treat your relationship in the same way. You, you, you attend to it every day, make sure that there's no threats to it, make sure that you put a lot of energy into it and you, and, and, and you build it and make it stronger and let it grow um, by you putting an effort and not just letting it sort itself out, especially knowing the fact that every single couple would go through certain stages, every sing single couple, there's a life cycle to every relationship and that life cycle has challenges that every couple will encounter and each challenge would either gonna make that couple stronger or bring the two people further apart from each other. Definitely. So moving on then to myth number two, what, what was myth number two that you've got in your myth busting uh, around building you know, healthy relationships? The myth number two is when people encounter their first problems. The, a lot of people go for advice from the friends and family, YouTube or go to Google and find uh, mm. a, 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 an advice to your particular situation. And there's a lot of great advice on, on, on social media. I don't mm. discount that. There's a lot of um, experts who create great content and yes, absolutely seek it. But when we look for advice from and and, then, and I start with a, a friend and family and friends and family we normally go to our best friend or to our if you have a good relationship with your parents your mom or your sister your aunt your friends or if it's a man you know your your buddy that you know over uh, I don't know over a drink you you might share that you have some problem in the relationship and the reason why it's not the best solution to solve the problem, the myth number two, that you can seek advice from friends and family and they can help you to overcome a relationship problem, basically. And the reason why is a myth that I, I want to bust today is because our friends and, and, and family are not the best people to turn to for advice when you have a relational problem. And the reason being because they're very, very biased. There's very, very few people that surround us that would take a position of objective and point out to maybe what we might not see and what we might do wrong. So they would probably be, you know, blinded or they would take our side and yeah well just leave them there's you know you are you are great and it's them it's not you it's, so it's the friends and family are normally very biased they just don't can't be objective because they know you much longer they uh, on your side in majority cases and also not only that they also might also have unhealthy relational partners that they can't, they don't have skills or they don't have knowledge to, to actually give uh, a good advice and objective advice as well. So it's not just an objectivity issue, but also it's um, something that the skills they might not have. I also feel that if you share your dirty laundry, so to speak, about your current relationship with friends and family, then once that issue or challenge has been resolved, it then taints that 
family or friends um, perception of your partner from that point on, doesn't it? Based on your, you know, their, their one-sided pieces of information that you've given them. Of course. And also if they, and then, and then you also put them in difficult situation because if they advise you to leave your partner and you haven't followed the advice and then they see you, you know, you, you made up and you, you're back to normal and everything is great, they feel embarrassed that they've given you that advice, they advise you to leave. If they advise you to leave and you left and then you regret that, the, you, again, you know, that responsibility on the shoulder. So it's very, very difficult position for, for people to let's say something that you would to actually take responsibilities for potentially guiding you to a step you might be regretting or you might be then embarrassed to see that friend who told you to leave your partner if you decided to stay and the friendship is going to be tainted like it there's just too many nuances in 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 the close relationships where people wouldn't want to risk to to give you an objective advice because they know that it could potentially damage your friendship or damage your relative close you know ties that you have with your relatives for example most definitely so it's always like you say great advice to be mindful about who you share or go to um, if you're having a challenge or an issue so what is the answer then if you're in a situation where you're wanting to work on a relationship challenge what what's the what would be your advice and an answer to somebody that's facing an issue but you know um is taking your advice and, th and thinking, well, I can't really share this with my family or, or my close friends because then they would be biased, you know, around uh, supporting me and, and have a tainted view of my partner. Well, what's the solution in that situation then, Veronica? I would go to a professional and you, the, there's a lot of help available. So it's from relationship coaching to family therapist to there's, a variety of professionals that have different angles and uh, could help with their situation from 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 different perspective and to me it's the best route because first of all it's time saving so you don't take years searching for an answer on google or you don't go and listen to 1000 youtube videos to try to see if that particular advice applies directly to your problem my advice is always to seek professional advice, somebody who learned about relationships, who has the both, you know, experience as well as the, you know, relies on the, you know, the latest research because the areas of relationship is a very, very new field, constantly evolving. Mm -hmm. And the research just, you know, the, the, the updates, it's, it's it, this, not a lot of it because unfortunately obviously the when when it comes to science the and you look at psychology it's one of the newest fields and comparing to 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 other sciences that has been around for much longer the body of knowledge is is really not that great in comparison to other subjects so with that 
evolve in science, making sure that finding the, the right professional to help and also finding someone that you have a, a good chemistry with is, is like finding a professional that could take you on, on the journey and provide the advice that is applicable to your situation and it's going to resolve the issue is not just finding the, the, the person with the right expertise, with the right qualification, with the right research. With It's also finding somebody who you can really click and gel as a person because I find that, so for me, it's, um, it's a, instead of going to the friends or family or read a lot of books or attend a lot of webinars and trainings, it's just to find the person that you resonate with that has a great expertise in the area and, and, and seek advice that is going to be unique to your situation and applicable for what you're going through and someone that you resonate with. So uh, you I, can... Yeah. You know, think, so you can yeah. have the fastest and most um, efficient way. I think you're absolutely right. Um, I mean, the reason... Um, I feel that a lot of clients still seek people like yourself and myself out is because they also want that handholding, you know, through the process. You know, they don't just want one to one hit wonder connection with you. They want that ongoing support so that if there are sort of future challenges, you know, with the resolutions that they come up with, that um, they can then sort of have somebody to bounce that back off and you're holding their hand along that journey. They're not sort of left, you know, as a, this is the solution and they go and try it out and it doesn't work. And then, or there's some repercussions off that and then they don't know, they're left scratching their head as to how to resolve this next issue that's arisen. You know, they've got that sort of continuity, haven't they, with coming to a professional. Exactly, exactly. So then moving on to number three, myth number three. What's myth number three you'd like to share with the listeners today? Myth number three is another such a common misconception is when people assume that they are not good at something and that's like a curse that they had to live with for the rest of their lives. So for example, if somebody has been unfortunate enough to not to have a right model within the family unit and they potentially inherited unhealthy relational patterns or maybe they had been exposed to some very traumatic experiences or some not even necessarily traumatic but just bad relationship experiences they just assume that they are bad at that and that's just the curse that they have to live with that's oh i'm unlucky um, with the relationship or i don't know how to i always end up in these situations and so on so the myth is that you feel that you can't do anything about it it's just something that it's a curse that you have to live with and it's farther from the truth because relationship is is an art but but in most cases it's a science there's there's patterns to it there's laws that governs the interactions between the genders or the the opposite sex as well as the same same um sex relationships it's there's every relationship has it's like in nature 
there are laws of nature that govern. We at school we study physics, we study the the um, astronomy, geo geography, and all of that. We study the laws that govern nature, biology, and anatomy, and all of that. Just like everything in nature, relationships and the, the human connection is also governed by certain laws. And knowing those laws, it's something that could be learned. And it's something that not only could be learned, but it's once you've studied that, there's no way, but you can't unlearn what you've learned. Once you know, um, it's something that stays of your life you can apply it you can practice it get better at it but you can't unlearn what you've learned and thinking that you can't learn those skills that you just not know how to create great relationships is, is my last the, or myth number three because the skills the relational skills it's something that could be learned and you can change that part and just because your family passed that pattern on to you. It doesn't mean that you have to go with that pattern and, and, and ruin your relationships as well as to pass that pattern on to your kids. It could stop at you and it could change your life as well as what you're going to pass to the further generations. And that's, and that's what I learned on, on, on the personal experience because I was 20 years ago, was one of those people who just thought, I don't know how to do this and I don't know what to, un until I started to, until I went on a journey, until I went and look at all the research, at all the science, all the, uh, everything that I could find just to see, oh yes, there are laws. Oh yes, there are patterns, there are skills. And yes, now, now well, once, as I said, once they have learned and once they've understood, there's no way back. They, they just, you can't, you can't. Uh, Unlearn it. <laughs> you can't, you can't, you can't uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can't um, go wrong with that. It's, it's just so, I wouldn't call it basic because it's, uh, as I said, it takes time to, to learn. And, and also more, most importantly, it takes time to apply it because they're very early patterns. They're very, they're not easy to, to, to overcome. You just want to go into, you can apply it when everything is great, but the moment you're under stress, you're more likely to go to your default relational pattern. And so it does take time to practice it. But I think once, once you know it, you know it. It's, it's. I agree. I can remember, um, you know, um, when I got married in my late twenties and you know, right through up until that point, I was very adamant that I didn't want kids. And I, looking back, I remember thinking that um, the reason I didn't want kids was because I didn't have a very good experience as a child. You know, my parents weren't the best. Uh, my mum my certainly wasn't very maternal at all. And I was a very loving child. You know, I was very much wanting uh, and my love language was, you know, that physical touch and wanting to feel loved and um, not actually feeling that emotional love from either parent very much. So, you know, right up until my late twenties, I thought to myself that I didn't want to have kids because I thought I'd 
sort of repeat that pattern of being that not very maternal mother. But actually, as it turned out, I, did, I made the decision, you know what, I don't have to be like that. You know, I can be who I am, which is a very maternal mother. And I was. So, yeah, I can understand what you're saying there about understanding that you don't have to repeat the cycles you've witnessed or experienced around relationships in your own future relationships you can break that cycle and pattern yeah it's it, it could start with us i do believe that going out from that victim mentality and think oh that happened to me or i have been in you know in these circumstances and so that's why I'm the way I am and, 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 and stay in that mode, breaking out of that mode and say, well, actually, no, I can become different in the way I see the relationship, in the way I build them. And breaking the pattern will be difficult, but it's not impossible. And if I am determined to make it happen and I put some effort into it, it's the fruit will will be there it's it's even a small effort would always in 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 that direction would always bring a great result absolutely you know it's taking that first step isn't it and um i honestly think you know that doesn't like you said necessarily have to be huge it can be just literally um ringing the phone number of a, a great coach and just testing the water and seeing if there'd be a good match for helping you come up with your own solutions and um you know that 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 is just like a, a two-second job isn't it really yeah just explore um and it's learning being commit i think it starts with yeah to it starts with commitment i am committed to change the pattern or i am committed to change my relational cycle and making that little first step which would could lead to a great change and asking i think ourselves empowering questions such as you know what do i need to do in this situation to improve it you know and asking ourselves those empowering questions of making it about us rather than our partner um, can actually, you know, start that first step process as well, can't it? Exactly. It's, 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 it's always has to be about us. And I, as selfish as it sounds, when we start with us, when we, when we focus on us and when we make ourselves, I wouldn't call it self-centered, but making us, a person who is responsible for our own happiness and taking care of our needs in the relationship actually leads to a great result for the relationship. Because if we take care of our needs first, we are more likely to choose the right partner to start with. If we take care of our needs first, we are more likely to communicate them better. So our partner knows what makes us happy, how to treat us, what our boundaries are. If we take care of our needs, even in intimacy or intimate relationship, again, the same thing, we, we actually give more pleasure to our partner. And it, 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 the list goes on. It's it coming back to being self-aware and knowing, okay, if I know that if I take care of my needs and I know that I want to have a great relationship, 
what do I need to do? It's, it's, it's just that. It's like what steps I need to make. It's absolutely, I, 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 I wouldn't say I love selfish people, but <laughs> sometimes we have to teach that. It's like, how do you, you, you know, how do you love yourself more so you can actually build a better relationship because the other partner would find it easier to be with you if you, if you take care of your needs. Yeah, and it's about understanding that um, self-care isn't selfish, is it? You know, self-care has to be your priority so that you can be that best person for all your relationships. Absolutely, absolutely. So thank you very much for sharing your three mythbusters with us today, Veronica. That's been really insightful. How can our audience get in touch with you what would be your best contact information that you could share with us they can reach me on my email which is info at the school of human connection.com or they can also reach me on my personal site which is info at veronicavazeri.com excellent thank you so much for going through your three great myth-busting ideas around how we build relationships. I found it very fascinating. Thank you so much, Veronica. I really appreciate you coming on today's podcast. You're most welcome, Lynn, and thank you for having me back again. (laughs) Okay, so on that note, listeners, I'll make sure Veronica's contact information is also included in our show notes, as always. As always. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share and review. It always helps the podcast grow and gets it to those people that desperately need the advice, the shares and the wisdom that's contained within each episode. And until next time, remember, true love starts with opening our hearts. So goodbye for now. Thanks for listening to the Hearts Entwined podcast. You can follow Lynn via the Facebook group, Two Hearts Entwined, or search Lynn Smith, inspirational speaker at LinkedIn, or email lynn at hearts-entwined.com. That's L-Y-N at hearts-entwined.com. Remember, true love starts with opening our hearts.